0: Hello and welcome back to episode number 17 of the Indie GameX podcast. You may have noticed it's been a few weeks since the last release and that is just because I moved house basically and I couldn't find all my PC parts so I couldn't record anything. But now I have them all back together bar a few cables and cameras but don't worry about that I had enough to record a podcast and what a podcast I have in store for you today. We are joined by none other than Dan Marshall and Ben Ward from the fabulous size 5 games so i'm sure you already know but their game layer of the clockwork god is an absolute masterpiece plus the many other games they've released so i was really really excited when they agreed to come on the podcast just so i could pick their brain a little bit so hopefully you're going to get some great tips and bits of info out of this conversation because um it was fantastic i loved it so you didn't come here to listen to me waffle on I'll do all the waffling at the end. Let's jump into the interview. Um, it's maybe a bit of a strange start because we were chatting for a while beforehand and it got a bit confusing. But anyway, let's jump straight into it. Say hello to Dan and Ben. Let's start with you can at least introduce yourself and tell us what your your main game is. At least at least start there. Yeah, Who wants to go first?
1: Uh, I'm Dan Marshall. I run Size Five Games, and my main game is Layer of the Clockwork God, which is just so happens to be the new one that I'm promoting.
2: Uh, and I'm Ben Ward, and I'm a freelance designer, and I've worked on a few games for Size 5 Games, um, mainly the Dan and Ben games, and my main game is also Lair of the Clockwork. No, my main game is uh, Devil's Kiss, which is a visual novel that <laughs> uh, we recently released, but you also get it free if you buy Lair of the
0: Clockwork God. Oh, smooth. That's good. Yes. Okay. Right, that's the, that's the only boring question. Well, I, I can't promise that. That's the only <laughs> default question I'm going to ask you. Okay. Um so I God. actually so <laughs> so I only found I've got to say, do you know what? The layer of the clockwork God, I really struggle with the word la- layer. Layer. Mm. Why is that? Does anyone else struggle with that?
2: Yeah, I always like, say it like, like layer and yeah, it, so should, do I. it should really rhyme with hair, shouldn't it? It should be lair. lair. But then you sound like Noel Coward or something like mm, came into my lair. <laughs> I don't know. Well, How <laughs> do you say it down? You've probably got some weird Dorset pronunciation <laughs> of it, have you? I say
1: lair, 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 lair. lair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I have trouble writing it. I've, i know, I know the number of times I've, I've caught a tweet where I've, where I've written liar of the clockwork god. <laughs> like my, my fingers when I'm on auto type mode seem to prefer the word liar. I don't know why that is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that says more about you than them. Oh, I it's a deep philosophical problems. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah I don't know why I struggle with that so I'm going to call it Clockwork God, Clockwork God. wow You're yeah just call, that, God well. I think <laughs>
1: that's...
0: just call it God God yeah I need one word games please
1: <laughs> when we came up with the title I remember uh, we said that it was a bit mouthy and it would the f- official title would be Layer of the Clockwork God and then but we would refer to it everywhere colloquially as Clockwork God which mm. I don't think is as good a title so we but but Clockwork God
0: works fine that's what good. I call it sometimes okay. Yeah, that sorry. That was a a longer explanation of the. I can't say that word. I can't say any words. <laughs> we'll just skip words. i
1: have <laughs> so, not done the podcast yet where the first question is how do you pronounce words? <laughs> that's the, you, yeah. that's
0: the,
1: you've definitely hit a level there. That maybe that's like either from you. Maybe you should shift focus of your podcast away from indie games, just to generally different pronunciations
0: of words. Just words. They call it, the word podcast. Yeah. You
1: could call it layer of the words, and then.
0: So I found your game. I've gone to your game now. Um, actually, not that long ago, because it was I was watching um, Stuart from Get Into Gaming, which I'm sure you're aware of. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and he loves your game. He loves Clockwork God. And um, yep. he kept mentioning it. I thought oh, I must get around to looking at that, and then eventually, I buckled, uh, and I picked the game up. I thought, well, you know, he keeps mentioning things about game of the year contender. I'm like, oh, this is a high praise indeed. So I thought I'll check it out. And, you hated it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just got you on here to say, screw you. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst game I've ever played. <laughs> what oh you no,
2: it's, it's a gotcha. It's like we we're on Jerry Springer, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> Well, it could have been Jeremy Beadle. Uh, which would be better? I don't know. <laughs> so. And, and it's actually given me a weird problem this game because as I was playing it's absolutely amazing and I I totally agree with Stuart I think it is already it's my game of the year already I can't oh, see, I can't see, see it being beaten it's unbelievable and I don't know Splunky Two comes out in about a week so <laughs> I should think I should think basically Splunky
1: Two will will shit on any game of the year awards mm-hmm. we're likely to win but
0: well not if I don't play it. Is the... <laughs> well,
1: yeah, true. Well, maybe then we should start a Twitter campaign now to, for everyone to not play <laughs> Splunky 2 until January so that we might win some Game of the Year awards. I think so. I think it's,
0: a, it's an option. <laughs> Thanks, But the problem, do you know This is really weird. This is probably the first time it's happened to me. I'm, I'm playing it, and I'm playing it through. I haven't finished it. So, just to say, no spoilers, please. Okay. Um, I'm about five hours in, which I'm pretty sure it shouldn't be taking me that long, but I'm, I'm just...
1: No, that's all right. You take as long as you like. That's dally. one of the joys of adventure games. You, Absolutely. Can, you can dally around all you like.
2: Yeah, we I mean, normally sit problem- like I think eight eight to ten hours is like a rough estimate. So if you're halfway through at five hours, that seems pretty standard. Yeah. The
0: normally- game
1: like the game deliberately gets like faster and faster towards the end. So like it, we it starts out quite um like big levels and um sort of slightly slower, more methodical yeah. process to solving those levels. And then like as you get on, we we pick up the pace and levels get shorter and shorter and shorter and things start moving along a lot a lot quicker so like you might think you're about halfway through but actually you're quite a lot further than that
0: well the problem, where are you, where have uh, you got well, to? i don't want to give too many spoilers away but i am i have just done christ um have you done feeling old no i've okay. just done all the i've met the dinosaurs
1: oh you enjoy okay
0: and i think right. i've just i've only been oh,
1: quite slow <laughs> yeah you're really right. slow that's really embarrassing i can get i can get to that point within about 25 minutes so that's quite embarrassing.
0: well <sighs> thanks but, right. but the problem i have is okay so now my problem is i actually don't want to finish it uh... oh no
1: you can't do that i do that with games where you go Oh, I'm enjoying this so much. I don't want to finish I it. I did that with, I did that with Breath of the Wild, where I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go and do the end of game, baddie, because <laughs> I'm enjoying yeah. playing this game so much. And eventually, you just peter out
0: rather than. I know, but I am finishing. I'm going, but it's actually got to. But that's the level that the game is at. It's so good. I'm, I'm almost want to wait. there has
1: been a couple of people who have like really taken the time to drink it in, which is really nice. Like, quite because I think quite a lot of people just play games like this and they just sort of they 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 move from one challenge to the next as quickly as possible and relish the challenges and that's fine that's that's aced that's what you want to do but there is there are a lot of people who um enjoy the game a lot more by finding every line of dialogue and finding every option to talk to about and you know because a lot of people don't bother looking at some of the background objects and don't bother engaging with all the um dialogue choices and all that sort of stuff which is fine but like some people Drink it in and love it, and yeah, uh, getting their main sense of joy is from uh, finding those little hidden uh, jokes and, and 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 funny bits of dialogue and stuff like that, and and other people find their joy in just blitzing through it as quickly as they can and solving puzzles and seeing what's next. Um, yeah. so I, loads,
0: I, I, I mean I always try and go through all the dialogue because it's it, it's so funny that the writing is fantastic, you know, and you can hear it, even just talking to you both for oh, I don't know how long it's been twenty minutes. You can just hear the game you can hear the game in you two, which is <laughs> it's, it's amazing uh, and that's good. why it's so that's enjoyable that, that,
1: make, that makes sense in a from a certain point of view but um it's well, also wildly it. offensive from another from another <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: right you've been offended enough you're used to it now it's okay
1: you're like a you're like a pair of yammering cartoon idiots <laughs>
0: <laughs> well there's the uh, podcast title thank you <laughs> wow that's mm-hmm. a They're that quite a good podcast title right yeah that's sounds cool. pretty good yeah uh, but that, but that's what I, I love about it, and that's what I, what I really enjoy. Because some games, you can tell they're they're created to to serve a, a role, to serve a purpose. And you know, of course, you all want to make money, but you can obviously you can feel when games are made to to make money and, and fit a role. But I don't, you know your game; it just doesn't feel like that. It just feels like two friends have created an awesome game, and that's what you're playing. It's amazing.
1: I think that was one of the joys of indie development like from from way back when i first started was that when these games came out and they were like one and two man teams and you you genuinely got a feel for you felt like you were in the room with the developer when you're playing it right if you play um limbo or you play super meat boy yeah or anything like from that from that kind of early era and you think um you you sort of I sort of feel like you're getting an insight into the developer's brain by just playing this thing that was always one of my favorite things about indie, indie games and like, as as teams have got bigger and projects got bigger obviously you're going to lose a little bit of that so yeah it's quite nice that we've got we've, we're still doing that
0: um, that quite personal touch yeah it is it, 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 it's, it's lovely but that's enough that's enough gushing about you guys because you get that enough because you've been you've been really successful I mean has it has it been as successful as you'd hoped?
1: No, not really. No. Uh, it's well. done, it's critically, it's done really well. Mm. Uh, financially, it's uh, it's sort of struggled. Um, it's done, it's done enough to make another game, but like it's one of those things that, given how positive the feedback has been, how positive the critic reviews, and how positive the user reviews are, I would have thought I would be a lot richer. If you'd ever said to me, like, oh, here's you, if you made a game that got like solid eight out of 10s, nine out of 10s, 10 out of 10s, and um. Uh, you know game of the year nods and all that sort of stuff um, I, I just would have assumed that that would sell a lot better than than the sort of relatively mediocre amount of money it brings in but you know I can't complain because it's it is it is obviously a very loved game and it's a game that people are really enjoying so from a from an air, airy fairy sort of um, indie developer artist sort of point of view yeah that's fab I love I love the, the reception is It's a it's a huge success as far as I'm concerned um, it's just it would have been nice for it just to make a massive lump sum of money so I know what I'm doing with the next game but you know that's you know indie development or we'll just yeah. like you okay. say just do a kickstarter <laughs> do a <laughs> kickstarter or something <laughs> and then I'll but worry has, about it further down the line
0: but has that is that going to affect what you do with, with your even subconsciously or, or not is that going to affect what you do with your next game Well, would you aim yes. it at something okay that was great but we need to do something that actually brings in some money so would that affect Yeah. You?
1: is is it has affected not only the design of the next game. Uh, I you know I learned a lot from Clockwork God that um I've said this before but it's uh you can't put funny dialogue and satisfying puzzles into a gif and and get it shared. It's not it doesn't work. So like um obviously the next game I've looked at what will work in gifs, what will get shared, what will get talked about, what's you know it's it's a it, Clockwork God is a lovely unique game but it's not like visually it's like satirical pixel art it's it's gonna it looks like uh like an indie game right it's one of those things so like for everything from the and also the amount of money it's brought in has 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 impacted as well because i can't just say uh hire an artist i can't just say hello Uh, you know i'd love to hire tom who did art for clockwork god i'd love to just say to him right two years all day all day every day you're making art for my next game please and i'll give you some money But I can't afford to do that like you know it's not it's not even an option because I don't know that I'm necessarily gonna have enough money to fund that so um so yeah everything everything impacts the next thing um I'd I'd love to say that I'm just making games for the fun of it but there is a practicality that I've got to keep a roof over my head and I've got to eat so I think the next game has been is being designed deliberately with a sort of slightly more
0: um shareable social uh aspect to it it's really interesting I mean it's really interesting because I, it, when you when you start developing games, I, I suppose there's not really anything you don't ever. When does that come up in the conversation? It, that doesn't you just creating the games that you want to create. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of a shame that a game is so good as yours is not. You know, doesn't mean that you can just commit your time and energy to the, to whatever you want next. Um, but that is the practicalities, and that's what you know as developers that are listening have to bear that in mind and it is important when you are designing your game you do think about the and that's about the marketing and the sharing and the you know building the community before the game even exists because it is you know it's important
1: it's, I mean it's not only that that you know the next game my next game is probably going to be 2022 20, 2023 20, by the time it's done and out and you know look at um game pass and game pass's popularity now uh i can easily see by the time my next game comes out that a single player eight hour narrative thing i I can easily see video games slipping into like a netflix or a spotify Spotify style subscription service within the next five years and um with that you can't be making something like Claire of god god i don't think that um is you know here's the beginning here's the end and then that's your lot because, you, because in order to make money out of those sort of services your game is going to have to be something that people are addicted to and keep coming back and playing and playing for like 400 hours or whatever um, and obviously an 8 hour eight to 10 hour narrative experience is going to bring you, you know if everyone's subscribed to this Netflix service style service and, all, and like a load of people play it for 8 hours it's going to bring in very little money I assume looking at how much artists get from Spotify per play of their song you know yeah. it's not going to bring in it's not going to bring in the cash necessary so like even that like looking forward what what are you going to make next is trying to trying to read the room trying to read where things are going and um and plan accordingly and i will be completely wrong about it because <laughs> that happened with clockwork god you know clockwork god we started developing this version of it when um night in the woods was doing extremely well selling incredibly well and thimbleweed park came out so there was obviously like a big appetite for single player narrative funny puzzle games. And uh, and here we are like three years later and like you know, not necessarily hugely popular. So like in five years time, I'd probably be completely wrong about that. And everyone will be like, oh God, another game that you can play and play and play for four hours. And we play and play and play for 400 hours. Oh, I just, I just wish there were more games that were eight hour, <laughs>
0: right. eight hour single
1: out, player narratives.
0: <laughs> it might come back, you might turn into like vinyl. Oh great! Look at these classics. Regular style whole play. Yeah. Um, well, just for Clockwork God, what I, a couple of things that I just wanted to go over was how did you deal with the the accessibility options? Because I think they're the best I've seen in a, in a, any game. If I'm honest, that the 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 level of detail you go in with the um, you know with the text options, and you've got the even the helping with the story and the platforms. There's there's so much to you know to help. People who have got any uh, accessibility options.
1: It was all relatively simple, to be honest with you. It was. It started out because I I knew uh, I I needed to make it so you can make the text bigger. That was that was basically the start of it. I was like, some people are not going to be able to read this font; it's tiny. Uh, you know, some people are going to be playing it on a screen far away. I'll make this. Uh, and and while I was there, I thought I'll I'll make it so. I'm aware the font is a little bit like hard to read, so I put the. Um, open dyslexic font in and I put and I put it up on Twitter saying, I, I, I can't remember, I did like a couple of other things, you know, slowing the text speed down and things like that and I put it up on Twitter and then just got like a flood of people saying it will be re- it's really handy with my condition for XYZ, you know, for uh, to have black boxes behind all the text, for example yeah. and I was like, okay, well that's a 20 minute job, <laughs> you know like adding <laughs> Adding an option to a menu and then uh, and then saving out whether that option is on or off and then displaying a box behind based on that on off flag was exceptionally simple work and there was there was one it, like the whole thing all those accessibility options I think took like four or five hours or so um, to, which is like basically an afternoon's work uh, and there was one of them that kept on breaking oh it was the it, someone said it would be nice to have. Um, to display which character is talking above every line of dialogue. Um, and I think it was that one. Uh, there was one of them that basically took another six hours to fix. It kept on like, there was a bug with it that kept on, it kept on breaking or something like that. And so like, the, so the whole thing was like a day's work, but only because one of them was really, really stubborn and needed fixing. But like, it was, you know, it's, it's a joy to do it. It's i I'm, I keep on saying like, I'm, I'm embarrassed that none of my other games have this stuff in because it's the simplest thing to do it's it means that the game can be played by so many more people um and it was you know in terms of uh complicated programming it's it's exceptionally simple it's like you know the sort of thing you can do on a sort of lazy friday afternoon when your brain is is worn out from you know doing some really really complicated stuff and you're like oh I, i it's only it's only noon, but I'm my brain is fried. You can just do do something like this. It's just putting in it's just putting in options in uh, putting in menu options and an options menu is 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 nothing. Um,
0: but but you say that, but how many actually do it? Because I don't. I've not and, seen honestly that many really games.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. Is um, I like reading reviews. It comes up. A, it gets mentioned a lot more than I uh, expected, and I hadn't really considered until now, like how how rare it is to see this like kind of stuff especially to this degree but like so many reviews have mentioned it and said it's great that they've got all this stuff in there but you know i, I hadn't realized really how few yeah, things this kind of stuff think, in no, there
0: i can't change anything cuz i have some slight vision problems myself so i do always check this stuff just for myself um so it's it's fantastic and, but again it seems I mean, like, it to, seems obvious
1: you get to, it's one of those things that's only going to go in well all right 99% of the time is only none of this is going to go in at the start of development it's always going to go in like towards the end of development and it is it is really difficult to explain like at, at that end run of making a game how much everything hangs together like a like a really fucking wobbly house of cards like you know it's it's you can you can um for example uh, optimize something that's that's and and get yourself like two frames a second back, but then you play the game and three quarters of the way through you realize that something is completely broken as a result of it, right? So like, um, you you can put in like black boxes behind text and you go, yep that'll be fine, and then not, uh, yeah, I didn't realize I didn't I didn't realize that we can't do that because of this one specific case where these two characters are talking uses a slightly different system of dialogue, you know, blah 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 blah. Um, so it is like it is like a kind of a gamble uh, it's it's to, to add quite a lot of that stuff you know it's making video games making indie video games is it's all about money of which there is none um or of which there is very little you know every game has a budget and i can see that like adding quite a lot of this stuff which for me was for for clockwork gods just happened to be relatively easy work but i can see for other games could be a complete fucking nightmare. Um, you know, if you imagine you've got like a, I don't know, say you've got an RPG, like a Deus Ex RPG style inventory system. Um, then suddenly coming to that and saying, okay, now can we make it so that all these boxes are readable with this? You know, we, we can change the size of the font in all these with this slider. That suddenly is two months work um, or a month's work. And you just go, well, we haven't got the cash for that. You we can't afford to do that. So like... I can see it. I I will make the next game with this sort of stuff in mind, you know. But it's still going to go in towards the end. But I, you know, I I will probably be more mindful of it now. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a really weird one to call. But like, if you can do it, do it because it's. Yeah, as I say, you're you're bringing, you're helping people play your game, which is obviously brilliant. But also more people are going to buy your game because they know they can play it, which is obviously also brilliant. So it's kind of a kind of a win-win for everyone, really. Um, I'm just, I'm just, as I say, I'm ashamed that I haven't been, I haven't, I haven't done it in games previously. You know, I'm. There is probably there is an infinite number of things I could add to that accessibility menu, right? There's no l- limit to that, and I at some point you've got to say. All right, I think that's enough. <laughs> I can't, yeah, just keep on adding accessibility options forever. You know, got you've got to draw a line somewhere. That's, you know, the nature I mean, yeah. of literally every project. Um, and I, you know, wish, uh, you know, I'm sorry, like there, there comes a point where you have to draw that line because you know you could just I could just keep on doing it forever.
0: But well, it's an important, and like I said, it's interesting the fact that you're thinking about your next game already and implementing these options already. So I think it's for, for developers. I think it's something that's overlooked quite a lot. As Ben was saying, you know, he was surprised how how little it actually appears, um, um, because it's just not a. I don't know; it just doesn't seem to be the forefront of people's minds. And you know, mm. maybe
1: but I mean, true. you know, like the next, like my next game, I'm sort of aware that, um, you know, it would be good to make sure your games are playable by people, I don't know, who can only use one hand, or who can only use like who can't, you know, you're going to use like special effect style controllers, you know, things like that. And I, I'm making I'm making games thinking, oh, this is, you know, I hold down this button to jump without really thinking about like, can everyone hold down that button to jump? Is this is this immediately making this hard for people? So like having that in the back of your mind is not, it's not something I'm an expert in. It's not something I know anything about, but like having that in the back of your mind and looking at ways that like, okay, how how can we how can we add in something to make this more usable by more people? Um, it seems like relatively sensible stuff to me. Just just to be thinking about it during development, rather than like at the end and then suddenly going, "Oh, hang on, this is a, this this game is impossible for like a large number of people, and there's nothing we can do about it." I'm sure
0: that's going to be useful to a, to a lot of developers because um, I don't think it's covered an awful lot. So. Um... Okay, well, let's carry on. Let's go on to uh, what did I make? I even made some notes. Check me out. I never make notes, so you, you guys are Hello. you guys are special. How, when you were correct, so when you were when you were making this, did you? Because I can't even begin to think how you you combined the the text and the conversations, uh, linked them with the puzzles, and you've got two main mechanics to go. Out. I mean, was it a massive headache all day to combine all these? Because I don't know how you've done it. And
1: you're in charge you you remember um, what it was like I think
2: <laughs> yeah I mean I, I think definitely one thing we struggled with was keeping the platforming uh intertwined with the adventuring because you know we've already made two adventure games we're pretty you know um we we're, we're pretty comfortable designing adventure game puzzles and making sure that they work with the story well and and you know kind of look making sure that they make sense to the player and the player's got the information blah 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 but um the what like one thing that was quite hard was to keep coming up with interesting ways that the platform could in platforming could interact with it because it's fine for uh, the dan character to go off and do a bit of platforming on his own and as a bit of you know as like a change of pace and all that but to actually come up with interesting ways that it can interact with the with the adventure gaming is was quite difficult we had you know we've got some uh you know we we had like a handful of clever set piece um concepts where i guess i guess i can um ruin this spoil this one because it's in the very first level but <laughs> like just something like Dan will jump on an enemy to kill it and squash it and then Ben can actually go and pick up that dead enemy and use it as an inventory item you know um that that was like setting out our stall of what we wanted to do but it's pretty difficult to keep on coming up with that stuff and and not just have it be like well what if Ben needs to use a box shaped item and Dan pushes the box-shaped item towards him a
0: bit, like
2: you know, to to <laughs> think of stuff that is more interesting than that consistently was uh, was quite tricky. Because you don't want
0: to keep, you don't want it to feel like you're forcing the gameplay together, do you? Um, but then you you also don't want it to be like feel like two separate games. Yeah, and I mean that
2: just you know that that puzzle's just not interesting. It's like you know, okay, so we've given the player something to do, but they didn't have to think about it. It's basically just saying can you put you know yeah. it's busy work basically like that was that was the thing, the weird, to avoid the weird thing was as well
1: like you've, there are a number of times in development where you're just like this is all really good stuff but this just makes more sense if this is just one character who can do everything <laughs> <laughs> you just go like we've got two characters who can do different things and all like all you're doing is pressing a button to flip between them uh so making it feel like there was a reason why it's two characters and not one character um, and adding in those those moments where you needed two people at the same time, I think that was the stuff we we struggled with, and 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 we wound up layering quite a lot of that in later, because we because we designed it all and we designed it all and we got it all in place, and um the, like the entire game was playable from start to finish before we did any dialogue or 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 graphics or any of that stuff and make sure like the puzzles and the pacing worked, and like quite a lot of you know we got to the we got to the game being. We, we, quite a large amount of the game was basically done and in and and it was all coming together and then we just go you know like this we need something else here we need something else here we need something else here like so like um when the second level where dan and ben get back to london originally was just was just supposed to be like a pure platforming you know that dan picks up ben and runs and then that's it and we looked at that and went, well, there's an opportunity here for more of the two of them working together. There's an opportunity here for more like upgrade and you know, so we laid in this puzzle about about Dan learning how to pick Ben up and 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 piggyback him, which is becomes, you know, we turn that into a puzzle rather than just okay, now Dan can Dan, Dan can carry Ben, um, and you've and you've now got that ability. Um, how do we turn that into a puzzle? How do we make that satisfying? How do we make that interesting? And that's why like, cause that entire level was set up and ready and done, which is why at the start of that level, you have to walk left to get to all the puzzle stuff because like everything was, everything <laughs> was up and working from, from the right hand side onwards. And I was just like, oh, it just makes it a lot easier for me to just uh, hide all this, all this over to the left. Um,
2: which is why that's like that. That's, oh well, I was just going to say that's that's how a lot of the development, uh, a lot of it. I mean, even back to the pure adventure games, that is how we do it a lot of the times. We we meet up, um, yeah. You know, we we'd have to design a design a design meeting. We'd come up with the puzzles that we liked, and we design the level, and it'd be great. And then Dan would plug it. Dan would code it, um, and get it working at a basic level. And then he would say, right now now i've got it in the game i can see that it needs a bit more platforming or it needs it needs a puzzle here or it needs to be harder or you know it needs to be more complex we need to add some layers into it and so that's kind of how we would do that is we would we would see how it played and then go and have another design meeting of like right how can we make like like dan said you know how can we make getting this ability more interesting basically it would just be like is this interesting enough not yet let's keep on let's think of some interesting you know we just sit there in the pub and be like right we've got to come up with something <laughs> clever you know so like something Quick, that we haven't done yet. To think of something clever. <laughs> exactly yeah
0: <laughs> well i think it was that level the london level that is the the moment i was like oh my god this is a mate that was the the turning point for me you know, I was really enjoying it up until there and I know that's still really early in the game but it was then I realised, oh my god, the work you've done here is just unbelievable
1: It's really weird because I see that level as like 10% of how it was in my imagination when we designed it really? and like, you know, you're putting like stuff in so you're running through London and all the apocalypses are happening behind you and um, my vision of it is very much not what was on the screen, what what wound up in being the final game, and I to this day I look at it and go, "Oh man, it's a it's a damp squib of a of a level." Like you know, I I, I like it and I think it's good, and I, I've obviously played it a hundred thousand times. So like, any I I can only imagine what it's like to play that through for the first time and having it all going off behind you, whereas obviously I played it through for the first time with nothing happening behind you yeah. and then I played it through with like one or two things happening behind you and then that was like that for the next hundred times I played it and then I slowly <laughs> added more and more things and then like quite a lot of stuff went in in the final month before release I think like because I basically just went this still isn't hitting that point and it's quite weird because I've seen a lot of people play it and just go man that was just because I sat down and watched a lot of people play it and they were like man this is intense and I and I just think is it because I because yeah. I Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, Pretty that awesome. that was amazing to me, and the, the art style the art style is beautiful, and the background is, you know, looks fantastic. And you can't beat a good chase scene, can you? <laughs> uh, that I love. I think it was at uh, the end of Halo One or Two. Which one? We were you escaping from the ship. I can't remember which one that is. On the Warthog.
1: And I've never played any Halo games. No. Oh. I I never I uh, I, played, I played I played a bit of Halo 3 and uh I was a big like PC FPS fan and I played a bit of Halo 3 and it was just it was it was subpar to my to the stuff that I'd been playing on PC so I just I dropped it like a hot rock.
0: Well, I I, I agree because I I've, I've always been a PC <laughs> player as well. Um and I cannot shoot anything with a controller. It's yeah, I, I think yeah, that was part of my problem as well. Possible. But I got to the end, and the, the last scene is where you are escaping on a warthog in, out of a ship. And I don't know why it just—it just—it it, just, it, re, it reminded—a stupid comparison, but it reminded me of that feeling of destruction going on. You're running, and um, and with what had gone on previously at the start of the level, which I won't spoil. It's just so much. It, that's why I loved. It. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. So. <clears throat>
2: yeah, I think that is that's like. Uh- a bit of a trope in a good way you know tropes aren't necessarily a bad thing that it's a it's a bit of a gaming trope now is the is the level where everything is going to shit and you're running through and narrowly escaping a load of scripted you know destruction um so i, I like that we managed to get one of those in an, in our game um it, it's kind of like a, a reference like a specific reference to a game like uh Canabalt—is that how you pronounce it? Canabalt, Um Cannabalt. You know, like the the endless runner through a cityscape thing. But then it is more of a like a broader reference as well. And like I think those are references that I particularly like in this game, is where well. it's just like ah, yeah, it's this bit that like you know now that games are, have been going on for a, a, f- a few decades where they've been able to have like narrative stuff going on, you know, and and like as a player you're starting to notice patterns for the first time you're starting to notice tropes yeah. and stuff and so it's really it's you know i i enjoyed that we managed to kind of pick a few of those out and um and we should and have done do a level where toys. you're
1: um, should have done a level where you're on the back of a on the back of a lorry with a mounted gun and yeah. and the lorry's going really quickly through some jungle <laughs> and smashing through things and there's men on motorbikes coming up and you have to shoot the men on the motorbikes and they explode and with one hit, we should have yeah. done one of those. That I mean, would have be been quite funny. You should have
0: been yeah. escaping through a, through a council estate or something.
2: Yeah, and then you get <laughs> all your, you know, Ben should have all his inventory taken away from him halfway through the game, and then given back to him. <laughs> like he yeah. he just he finds like he has it all taken away from him, and it's all destroyed. But then like he gets out of a he escapes a single room, and he finds a near identical collection of all the stuff that he needs <laughs> to have. <laughs> just, so, like a slightly
1: different color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we should uh, have this done is that. good that's stuff great. that's a great joke write that down we'll do it in the sequel oh, we'll <laughs> make this. Oh. Uh,
0: quick take notes uh, Right, so I've got a, a couple of listener questions that I just want to go over so oh, I had well number one was from a mystery mystery corner oh my is, god why is Ben such an idiot loser <laughs> ah. <laughs> that
1: was for me wasn't it uh, yes it was yeah <laughs> uh... so, <laughs> I don't know, Ben. You are probably best place to answer that one.
2: Um, well, the character Ben is an idiot loser because that's funnier than uh, hi, you know than him being a, a brain box winner. Um, and also, it would feel a little weird. Like I think we try and stay away from showing them being too good at anything for too long because then it just feels like you know the the traditional. Uh, non misogynist um definition of Mary Sue where it's just like a self insert character who is like amazing at everything um you know like um oh uh, what's um the most recent example I saw of this was uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo where they said, oh yeah, and there's this there's this character in it who's a writer who is just cool and shagging all the women and punching all the baddies and it's like it's clearly like you know just a really painfully obvious self insert, so we kind of so we try and stay away from that, but like we don't want to make them too awesome, you know they're they're idiots a lot of the time
1: that's the video game, that's the video game, ben yeah, why he's an wow. idiot. what's your, your excuse um <laughs> bad, up, I'm joking, bad, bad genetics ben, i guess Ben is actually wildly more intelligent than me, so uh. <laughs> Uh, actually, it's
2: wildly most intelligent, Tan.
1: Uh, okay, well there you go then,
0: yeah. Shakespeare. <laughs> this is—I'm not going to agree or disagree here. I'm not getting involved. Nicely done, Ben. That was very smooth. I like it. Thank you. Uh, okay, so we have uh, another question from, from uh, Patrick Rose, aka Drug Crazed, <laughs> on Twitter. Yep. look at that. <laughs> uh, and he asked. Uh, what's the joke that got away either it turned out to be not as funny um, not as funny as the amount of work to make it funny would have been oh my god this is i might need to let's just let's just stick it with that first
2: late. yeah it's all right patrick we understand the question like that you know i'm wildly intelligent you don't need to explain your question to me for <laughs> <God's> sake <laughs> all right um t- one joke that well, it didn't get away exactly as it was discarded, but one joke that I like, I wanted to play with um, the gender of the Clockwork God and how Dan and Ben um, uh, how they approach it and like what they're, you know, like because um, the general setup is that Dan, the character Dan, is a trendy indie platformer. He wants to be very considerate and woke and you know, um, uh, all this kind of thing, and there's there's some hints also that he might be a, a little performative about it, but he's generally trying to be very twenty first century and modern, you know, modern. And Ben is basically a dickhead, and you know, he's stuck in the uh, stuck in the nineties at best, um, and very very unprogressive and everything. So, um, uh, so those are their two kind of general character directions um, which fit in with the new platformer and the old adventure gaming and everything. So I thought it would be very... I thought it would be interesting and funny to ha- to see how they... Uh, what pronouns they choose to use for the Clockwork God. So, like, Dan would always refer to Clockwork God as they and Ben would always refer to it as it because... um partly because he's not thinking about pronouns in a modern way but also partly because uh he doesn't like this new like um uh portal uh, thomas was alone uh gaming habit of anthropomorphizing uh, squares basically or cubes you know and like having huge emotional attachments to uh inanimate objects he doesn't like that's a bit too uh wishy-washy and lovey-dovey for him so it kind of works on a few levels um and so I was talking about this to Dan and he made uh, he made an amazing joke that the clockwork God they would ask the clockwork God and the clockwork God would would say uh, being being a machine was um, would say I'm non-binary so it would be a computer coding joke <laughs> which I thought was hilarious and Dan was like no you can't no don't actually put that in the game that's awful I was like no it's brilliant and I kept uh, like I, I kept it on our big list of jokes that had to go in. Um, and I was like this is clever and interesting and funny and it's got like a really bad pun at the end it's, it's brilliant Um, and Dan kept on saying like I really don't think and I was like I was writing bits of dialogue and I thought you know what I'm just going to write it and put it in and it's going to prove to Dan how brilliant it is and I just couldn't get it to work uh, you know I, I wrote it and rewrote it and I was like actually this just does not this is not working at all so I had to take it out <laughs> after all my it's insistence like, that it was going to be brilliant and I was like, like no there's,
1: there's, like a, there's like a it's one of those things where you, it's just the propensity for it to be misread and misunderstood as far as I was concerned it was just too high but like yeah. you know the, 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 the possibility that arseholes would Leap on it as uh, as uh, as a derogatory thing to say was just too high and like and I, I it just didn't say I you know that sort of stuff just didn't say well but, Yeah, um, I mean, my thought was if you're, jokes, like, if you're making jokes like that, it has to be cast iron. Uh,
0: yeah. What yeah. your
1: intention is behind it, and I just I, I don't know. It just didn't... if you have yeah. to explain
0: and, it, but... and uh, it's okay, then it's probably not, isn't it? It's easier well. So just
2: avoid it. My, but talk- my thought was that no. you know if we make it clear what our intent is then that's fine yeah. it'll work and the people who are actually paying attention will understand what we're doing uh, but it was just far too difficult to get that intent across uh, yeah. you know clearly and in a like in a very not in a very very clunky way so it just yeah it was just it was too clunky there was like there was too much it was too sweaty as as um, blank as the blank check blank check podcast would say just you know you could just you could you could feel the work you know you could feel all the work that i was doing to try and get it going so yeah so dan was totally right and that it's it's a shame because i really like the idea behind it but um yeah that was
1: that went right there was there was one puzzle that i really liked and i think ben really liked that um it was a was a big joke but but Basically, I don't want, don't want to spoil it too much, but there's uh, there's a bit in the game where you're suddenly where Ben is suddenly without Dan, and uh, the puzzle is the puzzle is uh, life would be very easy if the other person was around, but they're not, so life is very very difficult. And we had this puzzle where you had to get through a door that would be very easy if Dan was there, and it's sad that he's not there. Uh, so we had this puzzle that was really convoluted and boring about like about the reality of life without another person where Pur- purposefully needed, convoluted more. purposefully convoluted and it was like um you it was all about power power cells and batteries in power, like restoring power to things and you didn't have enough batteries to restore power to all the things so you had to keep on taking the batteries out of things to power another thing and like just getting through this one door which if Dan was there would have been over in an instant took like quarter of an hour because you were um constantly shifting batteries around the place um and it was very clever and um it did what we wanted to do but at the end of the day it was very boring (laughs) it was (laughs) like you can't it, it was just it was extremely boring to do even even if you understood that it was boring for a clever reason it was boring uh and i remember we we got to that and i just said to ben we need to think of something better for this and you you um were quite dismissive of that you were like no this is great this is great this is great and we went to the pub and we came up with a funny well what would we do if we were doing this funny and within about an hour we had something that was making us cry laughing funny and we're like we've got to to do this instead this is much better yeah Um, and
2: initially the idea our thinking was that that would be like a hidden funny way like that, if players just happen to think to do this one thing, they could, they might, they might find the alternate funny way to do it. And then we were like, the funny way is so much better, though, isn't it? So let's just, <laughs> let's get rid of the boring one. Yeah. Um, but I like how, like, for me, I think that's actually really the, the way it worked out is great because, um, in so in the level, it's all, it is all very serious and it is like, you know, um, what if Dan weren't here kind of we're playing this straight it's emotional and then it kind of descends into this big silly funny thing um, and I think that works really well because you know because the whole game is talking about how indie games uh, deal with, with sensitive subjects and you know we're not like taking the piss and, and mocking them for for tackling this stuff because it's really cool that video games are tackling this stuff but it's just kind of poking fun at some of the hurdles that we all hit along the way so i think it's really i think it worked out really nicely that we tried to do something really interesting and deep and serious and we kind of we did exactly the same thing as all these other games have done which is like we kind of had to give in to the player experience and say well we yeah we've got to make it fun though <laughs> like yeah. we can't just make like a really boring like depressing you know shit uh, experience for the player because that's just not going to work. So I quite like um, that we said, can we do it any better? No, we can't. We've also got to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've also got to kind of uh, compromise the, um, you know, we're not going to make the the shindler's list of video games either.
1: Yeah, that that whole section as well speaks to Ben's character a lot better as well. Um, mm. That like it is it is this very morose, serious, played straight level, and then. But at the end, Ben's attitude is uh, honest to his character throughout the rest of it, uh, which I which I like. That you know he's irreverent. This is nonsense. This you know this isn't really happening. He's got this. He's got a certain practicality to it, which works a lot better than if we were trying to force the issue with him. Um, yeah, a, a lot of the time Ben
2: is kind of a stand-in for like uh, petulant or entitled gamers, um, and <laughs> the. Uh, the clockwork god who is making these levels for them is like the game is the high-minded game designer who's always very disappointed when (laughs) the reality of putting a player into his wonderful uh touching game kind of you know starts like the the player like putting a player in there kind of starts to poke holes in it you know it's it's like when you're watching a half-life 2 uh interactive cutscene. And the players just jumping on desks and, you know, kind of like teabagging the cat. Like, what one of the characters is doing a really well acted monologue that, that took, de- you know, like weeks and weeks of mocap and animation <laughs> and voice animation. And the, the characters just kind of like staring at their crotch or whatever, you know, it's that, that kind of thing. Yeah, the face palming, like, oh, God, why do I bother?
0: Yeah. Okay, well, Patrick, if that didn't answer your question, I don't know what will.
2: So. Awesome. May, I mean, maybe we didn't understand the question. So like, nope. if he he'd explained it a bit more thoroughly, maybe he would have got a better answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Question number three. Um, it's from Instagram this time. Whoa, can I, uh, this is from Over and Out. And he said, oh, a little plug here straight away. I like it. I do some soundtracks for indie games. Nice. There we go. Hit him up. Uh, and I'm always curious as to how you pick the music for your game. So, what did you do?
1: Uh, I work with a composer called Toby Evans, and I've worked with him since the Swindle. Uh, and my, he's now my default go-to for every game. I will just, I will not assume, but I will go pleading with him to make sure he's available to to work on it. I work on it because um, he really knocked it out of the park with the Swindle soundtrack, which was impossible an impossible job because i basically said to him it's a crime caper but i don't want like a 1960s like the obvious 1960s um oceans <laughs> 11 type <sighs> just i it was, it, just the very idea of it bored me so i said to him i want something i want a cyberpunk soundtrack but um as if it was it was as if it was written in the victorian age and i remember sending him some i remember sending him that brief and then and apologizing in the same email that that's such a sort of, <laughs> uh, asshole descriptor to work with uh that it was just that's not they's like what, what sort of music do you want i want i want victorianus cyberpunk and i just thought that's such a what's the i don't even know what that would sound like <laughs> and the stuff he sent back was just amazing um and i and and genuinely like the soundtracks of the Swindle there is nothing like it it's amazing work um so, yeah, and then... he's, he's
2: he's got that and the one for Kick Men on Bandcamp uh, for Kick Men on Bandcamp yeah and i fully i fully recommend buying them because yeah they are absolutely incredible the, the, like the his versatility is amazing there are just so many different musical styles you know within the one game like especially for the Swindle where the, you know like like Dan said there's like the Victorian harpsichord mixing with dubstep and then there's like some heavy metal comes in and then there's like classical music that honestly if you told me that 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 he'd just taken a Beethoven CD or whatever and put it in there I would have believed you it's it's really really impressive and you know I'll I'll just I'll put those in on my on my uh MP3 player like in regular rotation and go jogging to them and stuff cuz they're just they're brilliant
1: so but Clockwork God was a lot harder because I was I was really adamant that um, I wanted a originally it was like it was all I was like it needs to be piano and cello and like sweeping like indie indie music like It needs to be a pastiche of every indie game soundtrack that sort of plinky plonky piano and and long drawn out cello stuff. And um, I was I was adamant that that's what we needed. And then he did. He'd made all this beautiful music and I put it in the game and it just did not work with like this, this very morose meaningful music with Dan and Ben making these stupid jokes Uh was it the two yeah. didn't gel. They rubbed up against each other so wrong. And I was like, Oh God, I'm really sorry. We need to think of something else. Cause this doesn't work. Uh And we, and so we went, we sort of, I, we sort of pushed towards something slightly more chiptune, but like some, you know, slightly more upbeat chiptune, um, not we I didn't I, we didn't call it chip tune we we had this we just called it tech and I was like I don't know what this is that you're doing because it's not chiptune, tune but it, we'll call it tech, um, and really pushed that element of it and every and he kept on sending me stuff and I was like needs more tech needs more tech needs more tech, um and eventually eventually we got it and it's and the way soundtracks work, uh with me and Toby is the same it's worked on every single game we've done, is that the first track takes, three or four months to get right. Back and forth back and forth back and forth and then the second track takes a day and the third track takes a day and the fourth track takes a day and um, once you've, got it, now, once you you've got it and it's in and it's working and you're sure of it uh toby can just um he's like he can hit the ground running but there's that there, but it's all about that first track and going back and forth and making sure that he's happy i'm happy that it's going to gel with everything else we called it we called it completely wrong well i called it completely wrong the first time but we we got there in the end because <laughs> the soundtrack is amazing the of god soundtrack as well is also some of toby's best work in that uh it's very different from the swindle but like there's some music that he wrote and i'm just like this is, i remember sending him an email saying this is the best thing you've ever written uh and it's and it's nothing like it's nothing like video game music it was just really sweeping and um heartfelt and it was very um very touching and I was and I was like this is he's such an incredible talent so there you go it's it's soundtracks are a weird part of it and it's and it's and music is something i understand nothing about and so <laughs> it's why it's so good to have toby who he knows all of the notes and uh all of the different ways of putting notes together to make make it sound nice um and, and it's something i could never even consider doing
2: and it's nice to hear. It's it's nice to have someone ask about it because, like, um, it's something that often gets it will get mentioned in the view as the music is great, but that's it. You know, they won't kind of delve into it. But um, uh, I I linked to a, a YouTube review of it uh, recently in our Discord, and they they kind of talked a bit more about it, and um, they said, you know, it was surprisingly like Dan said, you know, it it's it it does like the uh Sega Mega Drive chiptune stuff but it also like is surprisingly emotional and uh you know kind of feels a bit mature and it was yeah so it's really nice to hear that acknowledged because it is he does amazing work um one thing that i it's a shame I I wish I I I'm really hoping at some point that people will start to talk about it but the fact that we have an original song over the credits as well which is brilliant Um, which I think is really, like, it's just really cool in general to have an original song, but also it just came out so well. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. It's like, uh, it it feels very Monty Python to me. It's very kind of Life of Brian (laughs) ending. It's really nice.
0: I look forward to that. Awesome. Well, yeah, but again, the music can, you know, it can totally change your experience of of a game or a film or anything. So it's definitely something that people should not be, you know, overlooking, but they do as you as you know yourselves yeah um, it's a
1: it's a critical bit it all it's one of those things that once the music goes in it's it all it it's like the gel that locks everything all these disparate parts together having a having music in is is uh it's it's, it's i don't want to say it's an easy step because it's not an easy step but it's a it's one of those jobs that once it's done increases the quality of the game like 10,000 fold just immediately just immediately the whole thing feels polished and proper and um it adds a lot of production track, value yeah yeah like it's it's like with um
2: back to the future um you know uh, uh, zemeckis said to alan Silvestri, he said this is quite a small budget picture i want it to feel massive so can you please give it like a huge john williams score and so he did and that movie feels in, you know incredibly dramatic and and epic even though it's actually you know it's actually quite small scope but it's, so i guess it's that kind of thing where you've got two pixel characters moving across the screen but you know then toby puts like a, a nice big dramatic sting yeah. in there and suddenly it feels awesome
1: yeah
0: wow so toby is the man yeah Always. he is
2: yeah
0: oh, well uh i'll make sure i I find his details, and we'll leave a link to him. He's obviously doing excellent work. Um, okay, so the last question I have from—I'm trying not to keep you guys too long. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, but we have the uh, from Diana who appeared on episode six of the podcast, um, and she just wanted to know about again. I know this sounds like a sounds like I'm phrasing it as a little quick question. Uh,
2: is um, about, is Diana doing that the Wolf Game? Where yeah, the, path, the Wolf path and the of,
0: Wisp. No, path of I, I always get it wrong. Path of Kami. Said, yeah,
2: yeah. I listened to that episode. That game sounds really interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, she she wanted to know what you did about funding for the game and how you approached approached that side of it.
1: Uh, I'm very lucky in that all my stuff is self-funded. Uh, so I w- way back before I was a full-time indie developer, w- we were making time, gentlemen, please. Uh, and that went on sale just as I secured a contract for to make *Privates* for Channel Four. Um, so that went on sale on Steam back when Steam was like a closed door to indie developers. Um, and uh, so that was bringing in money while I was while I was working on *Privates*. So I had like a nest egg to prop me up for the next game, uh, which wound up being *The Swindle* like many years later. But um, so I burned through that money. Uh, making the swindle which then brought in enough money to make Lair of the clockwork god and Kickmen. so um f- funding wise is very boring it's just i i spend i i spend the money that i've got um or that i'm bringing in and obviously now that i've got you no know, the swindle and the swindle and kick men and time gentlemen please and layer of the clockwork gods so there's like four games uh is that four that's four <laughs> uh, up on Steam and like some of them are on consoles still like regularly bringing in money and and GOG and stuff still bringing in money so um, you know it's 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 now the point where those games are bringing in like drips and drabs but they're bringing in drips and drabs that sort of just about just about theoretically makes up my monthly salary um, or you know near as damn it makes up my monthly salary and then you know Steam sales um, bring in like a big lump sum to to propel me over for for a, for a little, for a little bit longer to make up the shortfall. So um, yeah, it, it's it, it's boring. I don't know the I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand about um, venture capitalists, and I don't understand <laughs> about Kickstarter or anything like that. Um, something I might look into for the next thing. But, um, but your yeah.
2: your regular advice, Dan, has been um, firstly when you're first starting out, you know, try try and do it in your spare time while you've got like a regular yeah. job right so you you know you've got financial stability while you're learning how to make games and while you're making your first couple of silly little games that will be shit um, yeah. and then you also say um, budget you know plan as if your current game is not going to make any money like just assume that it's going <laughs> to make zero pounds and what's your plan if that happens you know yeah. uh, don't assume that you're going to make a million quid on this one and and budget you know budget with that in mind i i don't i i don't know whether the current landscape is kind of changing that a bit whether you can assume that and if that you know if you do make zero pounds you can just do early access or
1: kickstarter instead but i think you know it's one of those things where like you can just do kickstarter or early access is you know equally it's, it's quite quite an easy thing to say but like I, again i don't know if any of those are bringing in any money either it's um it's a very weird time to be releasing indie games um it's certainly it's harder you know i'm like you know size five is an established company that you know won a bafta has consistently put out eight out of ten games for the last decade nine out, eight out of ten nine out of ten games uh and and still you know uh layer the clockwork of god came out to precisely i'm not gonna say zero but like near as damn it zero, press paying any attention or giving a shit. um, And and still had to like do all that legwork and and push and push and push to get people to cover it um, and beg and call in every favor and all the rest of it. Um, So like, you know, just just the fact that you you're an established company isn't even enough to Hmm. get you get you that um, level of recognition for your game. So like, yeah, I, I don't even know if you're releasing something into your early access. on kickstarter i don't i honestly if it's your first game or if it's you know first or second game even with a good reputation of oh this is the swindle developers next game or oh this is you know uh, the kickman developers next game uh, even that isn't it isn't enough anymore Uh, you've got to basically if you want the press to cover your game your game has to already be a success i think yeah i think you get more
2: of the you you get or we got we got a lot more of those this game has been announced news items like uh than we did reviews which I'm sure you know that makes sense of course but uh you know you' google for level the clockwork god on or your search sites for level the clockwork God mentions and they will they'll be interested enough or to just say oh it's size five games next game look they're they're making something new but then Uh, for whatever reason they don't have the time or resources or interest to review it which is the important thing so
0: yeah that's it it's like i said there's no answer to that question is there really it's just you kind of as you were saying there's so many different variables on well one what is what you can afford yourself like say funding Uh, there's loads of options of kickstarter but with Kickstarter. It almost seems like more work than.
1: Oh man! If I did a Kickstarter, I would do the most vanilla Kickstarter you've ever seen in your entire life. There is no way yeah. I am shipping out T-shirts and yeah. stickers to people. I know. Like, and, and like um, what they call stretch goals and all that sort of stuff. Like it, you, if you do a Kickstarter, it's like I want to make this game and I need, you know, a hundred thousand pounds to do it. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go. If we get two hundred thousand pounds, you get. More levels. I do. If you get two hundred thousand pounds, I'll hire an, another artist so it gets done quicker. <laughs> you know, like another <laughs> another programmer so that the code is slightly better. Um, you know, to help out and make it happen. I, the 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 kickstarters look like more trouble than they're worth for a lot of people. You know, like you know, I, if you if you give if you make two hundred thousand pounds to make a video game on Kickstarter and then you find yourself just spending all day every day sending out boxes to people instead of making yeah. the video game. I think that's I think that's a problem. Um so if I did ever do a Kickstarter it would be like old school vanilla Kickstarter.
0: <laughs> Back it and I'll give you a copy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're you're backing <laughs> yeah, yeah. this because you're because
2: you want to see the project succeed, not because you want a load of chotskys uh, sent through the mail.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well that just on it just on to, she Deanna also mentioned and it also links into my my last question for you about building the community, and she's asking about uh, how you how you manage to do that. But I also wanted to talk about that in the sense of it seems very seems very easy to connect and build with other indie developers, as there's you know there's the obvious hashtags that you know, when you're developing the game and lots of developers use those hashtags. You know, indie game dev, hashtag game dev, all those ones. But how do you? the transition between targeting other developers because they're probably not the people buying the game
1: i disagree i know indie development is all indie game developers buying each other's games that's (laughs) that's like 90 percent of where income comes from
0: but then then obviously your market is that small group of people isn't how do you how do you start building the community and, and targeting just general gamers because you don't just want to target indie game fans as such do you because
1: Yeah, you do, because general gamers will latch onto something if it's extraordinarily popular. So if Fall Fall Guys is already absolutely everywhere, they'll latch onto it. Until then, they won't give a shit about it. But people who like indie games, who specifically are fans of indie games, who are invested in games of that size and that calibre and that kind of thing, they're the people who uh, I am interested in Marketing too, if I do marketing, but like mm-hmm. they're the people I'm interested in talking to because, um, like you don't need. You don't need to sell a colossal like. Okay, let's say each copy of Layer of Clockwork God brings me in ten quid. I've only got to sell twenty thousand copies, and I've made more than enough money to make my next game. It, like Ben's wildly intelligent, he could probably tell you off the top of his head what twenty thousand pounds times ten is. But that's um, oh, two million pounds done. Two million, two million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> they don't even need to sell that many. No, but like twenty thousand people. Are there are there twenty thousand people in this world who are interested in indie games? Yes, probably. Those are the people that, so you only need to appeal to those people. If you're appealing to, you know, people much wider than that, obviously your scope is is uh, much bigger. And those people are gonna latch on when it's already massively popular. But from a starting point of view, you need to get in touch with the people who are, um, I mean, listen to me talking like, as if I know anything about anything. I don't, I, you know, demonstrably, like Leo the Le Cockroach God has, has slightly underperformed. Uh, so I, I wouldn't take any of my advice, but in theory, I am aware that you target a subsection of a fan base um, and there are more than enough people there that if they love it, you'll do alright financially. You know, um, in practicality, in practical terms, if you want to make forty-seven million pounds, that's an entirely different conversation. That's something that you need to uh, get in touch with, quote unquote, gamers, and uh, and have something like Fall Guys that sells to all of them. But like, uh, if you want to just keep a company going and keep on making video games in your attic, like I do. The practicality is you you don't need to you don't necessarily need to sell a like an un, unfathomable number of copies, but you do need to you obviously need to sell like ten thousand copies um, at full price, which is obviously you know you got to sell or maybe you sell fifty thousand copies at half the price. I that no one could do the maths on that, but if you sold fifty thousand copies and you're only bringing in a fiver, <laughs> uh, what's that? That's five five million. I don't think it's a guess. Um, but anyway yeah it's uh, yeah it's um i would i I'd, I'd say that indie game fans are the are the main are the main port of call for um who you want to sell to uh-huh.
0: there we go fantastic um also i have i've written here beer waterfalls did you ever invent it <laughs>
1: uh he t- yeah uh no
0: is that the name of your mean... next game no yeah.
1: But oh. I have, I have, I have drunk so much beer and then gone for a wee that it's felt like I've invented a beer in waterfall. Does that well, count? Would well, that
0: do? It's an answer. Good.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> uh, so okay, so you've just so you've just launched Clockwork God on consoles. That's just all happened now, isn't it? it Last week or two.
2: Yes. It was. It's all, It was already released on P, uh, Windows, Mac, and Linux. Um, on in February, is it Linux? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Linux. Is that how Dorset people say it? We pronounce it Linux. Linux down in Dorset. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, If you can get it through the copper wires. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So it was released on those in February, and uh, as you say, it's just come out on Switch, Xbox One. Um, When did that come out? September fourth.
1: Yes.
2: Um, and hopefully PlayStation Four will be following up soon, dependent on some red tape or or. Technical issues or something that Dan doesn't understand. So there's no way that, because Dan is wildly intelligent, that he doesn't understand it. So there's no way <laughs> I'm gonna rock
0: it. Um. Okay. Awesome. And finally, your next game. Uh. So you said it's going to be two or three years. You reckon for your next game? When? When? When are we going to start seeing snippets of what you're doing? I
1: put I put a couple of clips up on Twitter already. Uh. This was about six months ago when I was. I obviously stopped working on it to focus on. Uh, the console launches, but um, and then summer happened. So it's been a while since I've even touched the code. But I, I started putting together this thing where you play as a dinosaur and you um, you can jump around the place and grab humans and fling them around. And um, my I got a five-year-old boy and he loves playing it so much that I I now have to make that game because like, I can't cancel that because he will be distraught. So I think that's I think one way or another it's going to be that that's going to happen. Um, but Ben, I, I, you know, Ben and I need to sit around and have a chat about it, how we, cause, cause the game itself is already fun and funny. Um, but Ben and I, I think we need to go and have a, once the tech is up and running, we need to go and have a little design meeting where we, where we work out how we make it funny and engaging and, um, uh, what the, what the story and the plot and the setup and all that sort of stuff will be. That's. To really make it yeah. stand out, you know. I think we, yeah, we need we need to.
2: I think one one big thi- thing that I'm interested to see to find out is is how much narrative is like the game is gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna discover how much narrative the game needs and can support. You know, is it like, is it a game that wants a lot of story? Is it gonna be fun to put loads of like, I'm not audio logs, but uh, text text logs, or you know? hey maybe we could do a kickstarter and get like voice acting for audio logs you know that could be a stretch goal but um yeah (laughs) so i'll be interested to see whether it's because dan was saying you know ideally it'll be more gifable um but does that mean that we can also get can we also put a load of story in there you know um and is it going to be is it is it like is dan going to need me or is it going to be like swindle or private's kind of level of uh story where he can um you know uh he can handle that on his own
1: and um... well, i think i think whatever happens it's in our interest for you and me to to, to meet and discuss this together because you know it's, yeah it's always it's but... always better having people to bounce ideas off
0: and and talk yeah. problems through with um uh just when you hear yourself say it out loud even to someone as you're explaining it you're like yeah yeah, it yeah. is yeah. a stupid idea isn't it and then you see them, their face just <laughs> nodding okay good like, quite,
1: quite often what happens with me and ben is that like when like when we're designing puzzles for clockwork God, for example is you start saying something that's like this is bad but what if we did this and then it's not by getting your bad idea out the other person yeah. thinks you're going to say something else right so Mm. quite often like ben would say not this but what about this and i'll go i will think oh he's gonna say that we should do this and then he doesn't say that and then i can go with yeah but what if we did this and that's quite how quite a lot of our conversations work is like just talking and talking and talking until until ideas get refined and come out and inspiration hits
2: yeah we have we have a co like we, we will say not this but at the start like if we've got a general sense of you know I want a clever puzzle where uh Dan is like uh Dan's gun like uh Dan's gun ammo is suddenly gonna come into play um in in this puzzle, so not this, but what if when he's firing his gun the cartridges eject and hit Ben in the eye, or so you know <laughs> like obviously dreadful idea can't work, but I'm getting across the the direction that I wanna go in, and yeah. by saying not this, it kind of um it allows us to it's like this save is stuff, self, you know to self, feel safe like, same um, bad ideas a barrier,
1: right it's like a barrier that says like i'm aware this is shit
0: yeah <laughs> like... <laughs> but i need to say it to get it out of my brain otherwise it's consuming my other ideas yeah yeah wow awesome okay well thank you so much for for joining me it's been been amazing and i actually can't wait to get back i need to stop talking to you guys so i can carry on playing good <laughs>
2: Are you st- are you stuck? Do you need any? Do you need a hint, or are you- do you know what you're doing?
0: No. Well, funny enough, I put a tweet out the, the other day saying, um, "Have you ever been stuck on a game that you're embarrassed to ask questions about? Were you thinking I shouldn't be stuck here? What's happened?"
1: <laughs> ben hmm. did a very good uh, spoiler-free walkthrough on this. It's on the Steam forums, isn't it, Ben? But, like, yeah.
2: So I-, I call it a hint
1: through. Yeah, mm-hmm. hint through. So like, it doesn't tell you what the solution is, but it gives you like a little thing if you're stuck just look at everything because Ben's in the game Ben spells out what the puzzles are if you just use look at people who struggle with the puzzles don't use look at I've discovered
0: yeah right.
1: and, you, and you
2: can uh, you can talk to Dan as well he will occasionally give you a hint like you know point, point you in the di- right direction um, that 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 one's less reliable than look at though to be honest
0: yeah. <laughs> well that's right I'm, I'm, I'm not stuck I'm just slowly taking it in
1: just taking your time good right. I hope you enjoy the rest of it
0: Thank you. Uh, and then I'll work my way back through the other catalogue that you have.
1: Excellent. That's what i like to hear. <laughs> if
0: you uh,
1: wanted to send me your money directly, that would be that'd be ace. You can uh, just set up a standing order from your bank account into mine.
0: Yeah, just you for any, any
1: future game, just yeah. auto
2: pay. Like a, yeah. a one-person subscription service. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Um, well, again, like I said, thank you so much, guys. It's been, been an absolute pleasure. Same. Thank you very, thank you very much. much. Okay, there we go. So, huge thank you to Dan and Ben. That was a fantastic chat. As always, you can find all the links to everything they've mentioned, uh, all their social medias, and Toby, the the fabulous audio guy. Uh, All their links will be in the show notes for this, um, or in the YouTube comments if you're listening to this on YouTube. I'm sure you have already, but if you haven't picked up the game, I highly recommend that you do, because you will not be disappointed. Uh, So if you do, give us a shout, let me know. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, as always, uh, at IndieGamingX. Um, And if you are a developer and you would like to come on the podcast, then please just get in touch. Send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram or IndieGamingX at gmail.com. Anywhere you like, you can find me. So the next episode will be ever so slightly different because we're going to be talking to a streamer this time. I just thought it would be cool to to get a different perspective on the indie scene, Um, maybe any tips for indie developers if they're looking to connect with streamers. So that will be next week, so keep an ear out for that. I won't tell you who it is yet, just you know, keep the suspense, but you'll enjoy it. As always, don't forget, if you haven't left a review for the podcast, I would hugely appreciate it if you did. That would be fantastic. This week's review comes from Will uh, from the United States, and he says, Great podcast for indies, soothing voice, great conversation, and a really nice guy. Great interviews and deep dives into the world of indie developers. What more do you want? Well, Will, I don't know what more do you want, you tell me. So if you have any suggestions for things you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please, as always, drop me a message, let me know. I've actually got lots more content coming, um, and that will be more based on YouTube. So if you are not following the YouTube account, you know how to use YouTube, head over to YouTube, search Indie Game uh, subscribe to the channel, and you're going to see more, more indie content on there. So there's lots more to come. Now I'm all set back up again. Now I can start creating new stuff for you all. Uh, so there you go. That is the the waffle, as promised, at the end of the show. So let's not keep you any longer. So until next time. Goodbye.